Hi, and welcome to the New Happy Podcast. My name is Stephanie Harrison, and today we're talking all about resilience. Here is a hard truth. The only guarantee in life is that we will face challenges. When we look at this truth and acknowledge it, it becomes pretty clear that learning how to deal with challenges becomes one of the master skills we have to learn in order to live good lives. We know, both from our own personal experience and from research, that it is possible not only to survive challenges, but to use them to evolve as people and to turn them into sources of meaning, purpose, and power. As Maya Angelou wrote, I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. That is resilience in the face of these challenges. One of the paradoxes of resilience is that in order to become resilient, we actually have to go through challenges. There are certain upstream skills, things like meditation, self-awareness, emotional acceptance, good relationships, self-care. These can all help, but we learn the most about how to go through hard times by going through hard times. And with that in mind, we can acknowledge that while the challenges of our life, including this global pandemic that we are still in the middle of, they are horrible, devastating, tragic, so many other things. And also, they are opportunities for us to learn to become more resilient. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about all the ways that you can do that, how to turn this moment, this particular challenge that we're in, into a set of skills that benefits you in the future, that allows you to be your best self. You'll also be hearing from some of our new happy community members who recently participated in our resilience challenge. They learned these skills with us in community and you'll hear some of their stories. Let's start by just demystifying a little bit what resilience actually is. Resilience is a combination of genes, your background, your personal experiences, but the genetics part, the impact of that is actually quite small. Instead, resilience is really more of a set of skills that anyone can learn. There are specific things that you can do in order to become more resilient. Studies have found that resilience leads to a host of positive outcomes, including less depression, greater psychological well-being, increased success in the workplace and at school, more success at life transitions like moving from childhood to adulthood, and better, stronger relationships. Being resilient impacts nearly every area of our lives because, as I mentioned earlier, there are challenges in every area of our lives, whether that's overcoming childhood obstacles, navigating the everyday stressors and adversities of life, going through major setbacks as adults, or even in pursuing things that are positive goals like meaning and purpose, trying to become better people. For all of these, we need resilience to survive and to thrive. It's also worth calling out that the life events that require resilience are the things that we do not want to happen in our lives. None of us want to suffer. If you are in a place right now where 
deep resilience is required to continue getting up and moving forward every day, remember that you're not alone. We see you. We see your courage and your strength, how hard you're persevering. Know that you are doing everything that you can, inspired by your bravery. I hope that you feel incredibly proud of yourself for the way that you continue to put one foot in front of the other every day, especially on those hard days. One thing that I find really helpful when I'm in a situation like that is to remind myself of people who inspire me who also went through major challenges. These might be global heroes, people like Nelson Mandela, or local heroes, like your loved one who is bravely fighting an illness or a friend persevering through a challenge. I draw strength and inspiration from their resilience, which in turn encourages me to keep going. Know that I am inspired by your resilience and that I draw strength from the courage that you're showing in these times. And remember that there are people around you who feel this way about you. Your resilience is what inspires them to keep going. I know times are incredibly hard right now, but I do believe that if we come together and work through these things together, we will get through it and we will come out the other side stronger. Let's talk a little bit about the science behind resilience. So one of the greatest discoveries in the field of psychology was the discovery that it is our thoughts that drive our emotions and our behaviors. Certain thoughts tend to lead to certain emotions. So for example, if you feel like your rights are violated, you will feel angry. If you feel a loss or a sense of a loss of self-worth, then you will feel sadness. If you have violated somebody else's rights, you will feel guilty. If you are anticipating a future threat, you will feel anxious. If you are negatively comparing yourself to other people, then you will feel embarrassed or ashamed. In turn, feeling these emotions then leads to specific behaviors. So anger might lead to an outburst or an argument. Sadness might lead to withdrawing yourself from your community. The real discovery here is that resilient people think differently than the rest of us. By studying what it was that they did differently, psychologists were able to identify specific thought patterns, specific behaviors, and then turn them into these skills that the rest of us can learn. The beauty of this is that the more that we practice them, the more of a default response that they become. As we navigate our daily lives, we use these cognitive shortcuts that we've learned over time. Because we have used them, many of them, for our, our entire lives, we think it's the only way to be in the world. But in fact, we can adopt these new thought patterns, these new mindsets, these new skills and behaviors, and move towards greater resilience and thus towards greater well-being. There are four key skills that we are going to talk about and learn together today. The first is changing your explanatory style. The second is labeling your negative emotions. The third is learning to identify what's in your control and what is not. And the fourth is leveraging your social support, your relationships. 
Okay, let's dive in. First, we're going to talk about how to change your explanatory style. When something bad happens in our lives, we come up with a reason why it happened. Resilient people answer this question, why did this happen, in a different way than the rest of us do. When you change the way that you respond to that question, this is something known as your explanatory style, you can increase your resilience. There are three specific explanatory styles that lead to a reduction in resilience. The first is personalizing, so believing that it's your fault that something bad happened. The second is pervasiveness, believing that whatever happened, it now is going to affect all of the areas of the rest of your life. And the third is permanence, believing that the challenge, the setback, the issue will last forever. Studies have found that if your beliefs are personal, pervasive, and permanent, it's going to be much harder for you to bounce back from adversity. On the other hand, if you describe bad events as being not your fault, only contained to the area of your life where they happened, and having an end in sight, then you will bounce back. You'll be much more resilient. Have a listen to these examples and see if they resonate with you. Let's imagine that you recently had a setback at work. You got some negative feedback from your boss about something that you'd worked pretty hard on. If you were viewing this event as permanent, pervasive, and personal, here are a couple ways you might describe it. You'd describe it as permanent, saying, I'm never going to be successful here. You would describe it as pervasive. This is just like everything I touch. I mess everything up. And you describe it as personal. I'm a terrible person and employee. This is all my fault. On the other hand, here is how a resilient person might describe that same scenario. They would describe it as impermanent. I didn't get great feedback this time, but there's a new report coming next month. I'll work hard on that one. They would describe it as specific. I might have gotten some tough feedback today, but... I've gotten a lot of other great feedback from my colleagues and my boss in the past. And they would describe it as external. There were some other factors involved, like not getting enough direction and clarity from my boss that led to this not being what he wanted. As you can see, these small, but not really so small shifts can have a massive impact on how you interpret a challenging event in your life. Here is how to start shifting it so that you can be more like the latter voice. Whenever you're facing a setback or thinking about an ongoing problem in your life, go through these three steps. Step one, just notice the voice explaining why this setback or problem happened. Just listen for it. Step two, listen to how it is describing it. Listen for things like, this is all your fault, or if you were better, this wouldn't have happened, for personalizing. Listen for everything always goes wrong, or this day is ruined, for pervasiveness. And listen for, you will never recover from this, or this situation will never change, for permanence. And then step three, 
argue with the voice. Imagine that it's somebody who is on a mission to make your life absolutely miserable. Here are a few great ways to argue with them. The first is to just simply look for the opposite evidence of what the voice is telling you. Don't blindly accept it as the truth. The voice is cherry-picking evidence. There's other information out there, so look for it. For personalizing voices, you can remind yourself that even if you made a mistake, there are many other factors that contributed to it. Of course, it's important to take responsibility, but it's also important to look for these other influences at the same time. For pervasiveness, remind yourself that not all of the areas of your life are affected by this setback. If you made a mistake at work, it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent or a bad person or a bad friend. And for permanence voices, remind yourself of past challenges in your life, ones that you thought would never end, and eventually they did. Focus on the truth that things are always changing and that this situation will change soon as well. Repeatedly doing this activity of noticing the voice, listening to what it is saying, and arguing with it will slowly help you to shift your beliefs. You'll start to approach these challenges with a new default manner, and this will help you to increase your resilience in the future. Let's hear from new happy member Gabrielle, who talks a little bit about how she has learned to shift her own explanatory style. Hi everyone, my name is Gabrielle and I'm from Veracruz, Mexico. Last week I just took the resilience challenge where um, I'm really grateful because it um, makes me um, realize that we need to be more kindness with ourselves and it's okay to ask for help to our close friends or families. There are many things that we can control and that we cannot control. So it just starts realizing our feelings. And this week I just had like these negative uh, thoughts because someone left me. Um, And I was feeling insecure and I was feeling really sad. And I applied all the resources that I saw uh, during the challenge and realized that I said I'm sorry, that was under my control, but I cannot control what the response of the other person will be. And also realized that even I was feeling really sad, it wasn't determined my other areas of my life. So I just start to um, taking that responsibility uh, from me and move on try to move on and feel better with myself. Thank you. The second resilient skill is to change your beliefs about negative emotions. There's this really pervasive myth that to be resilient, you have to suppress your emotions and shut down and get all stoic to get through it. But studies have found that resilient people are actually more in touch with their emotions, but they do do something differently. They don't get stuck in those emotions. One study looked at individuals during the pandemic and found that people who stayed in touch with their emotions were far better able to cope with the extreme stress that they were facing. Many of us default to either suppressing our negative emotions or allowing them to sweep us away, 
but staying in touch with your emotions is a really kind, mindful way to navigate challenging moments. Here is a really quick process to help you connect with your negative emotions. The first is to notice when you feel a negative emotion, something like sadness, anxiety, fear, loneliness, and any thoughts or behaviors that are going along with it, like lashing out, feeling tired, shutting down. Next, name that emotion. Say out loud, I am feeling sad right now. I am feeling angry right now. Allow yourself to feel that emotion in your body and to experience it. Then you can mindfully address that emotion through movement, meditation, journaling, calling a loved one, or simply allowing it to be. Let's hear from new happy member Kimberly about how she did this in last week's challenge. Hello, I'm Kimberly from Rainy Coat, Scotland, but a ray of sunshine for me this year has been finding the new happy. You know you're part of a great group of people when even the activity of learning to label your negative emotions has a positive outcome for you. During this challenge, I found myself really slowing down and paying attention to what was happening around me. It gave me the opportunity to notice a bad moment for what it was, just one moment. It didn't have to leave a negative footprint on my full day. I was able to take a minute, put a label on how I was feeling and speak to myself with kindness and compassion rather than punishing ridicule. Not only did this allow me not to dwell on those negative emotions, but actually move past them, feeling better about myself and more hopeful. Thank you so much, Stephanie. You really do create wonderful groups, kind people who allow you to believe in yourself just as you are, while also encouraging and supporting your growth. The third skill is to determine what is in your control and what is not. One of the really annoying things about a challenging situation is that usually they're the ones where we don't have very much control at all. When we get laid off, suffer an illness, go through a breakup, these are all situations that leave us feeling bereft of control. A lack of control, whether it's true or not, is a core feature of anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder. In order to combat this, we need to consciously look for the things that are in our control and then direct our energy towards them. I find it really helpful to draw this out. Try doing this. Whenever you're feeling like you're facing something that is out of your control, grab a piece of paper. At the top, write down the challenge or the setback that you're facing. In the page, draw a big circle, and then within that circle, draw a smaller circle. In the big circle, write down everything that is out of your control. And in the little one, write down what is in your control. Once you've written it out, think about where you're spending your mental, your emotional, your physical energy. Are you trying to control what's in the outer circle? Are you neglecting what's in the inner circle? Is there something that you could do there that could positively influence the situation? Maybe you can talk to a friend and brainstorm other things that could be in the inner circle that you just can't see right in this moment. 
going through this little exercise is incredibly powerful. For me, what resilience really comes down to is looking at an uncontrollable situation and then focusing our energy on what is within our power to make the best possible action for that moment. And this can really, really help with that. Let's hear from new happy member Elena, who talks a little bit about how this exercise has helped her. Hi, my name is Elena and I'm from Western New York. During the Resilience Challenge, I learned so much and it also really helped me perfect things that I've tried before. I've definitely tried to label my emotions before, but having someone remind me to do it really helped me to focus on how I'm feeling rather than simply being in the emotion. This helped me during a future challenge, which was to identify what I can and cannot control. This was definitely the most beneficial for me, and I've actually saved the chart that I completed so I can refer back to it. I cause myself so much heartache and I waste so much time and energy on things that are out of my control. I want to have my hands in everything when that's not always something that I can do. By actually naming what is out of my control, I feel that I have released it and I no longer have to worry about it or try to change it. I know that the only thing that I can change is how I react to things. Overall, I had a fantastic experience and I would really recommend anybody to try it. The last skill we'll cover today is changing your belief that you have to go through hard things on your own. Positive relationships, community, these are things that have an enormous impact on our ability to be resilient. We need other people in order to be the most resilient version of ourselves. You do not need to weather this or any other challenge on your own. And in fact, insisting upon doing it that way will really only make things harder. Instead, try to lean on other people and allow them to lean on you too. There are two great ways to do this. The first is to ask for help. Asking for help is, I think, a real skill and something that many of us are uncomfortable with. Here is how I've tackled this in the past. Reach out to somebody that you trust and talk to them about a challenge that you're experiencing. But before you do, consider what kind of help would actually be best for you. Maybe you just want somebody to listen. Maybe you need some affirmation. Maybe you need advice or cheerleading. Or maybe you need some form of actual instrumental help with something that's on your plate. A really easy script that you can use is say something like this. I would be really grateful if you could just listen, share any advice, tell me I'm doing a great job, help me with this task, whatever it is, fill in the blank. People want to help you, and letting them help you is an act of generosity and kindness. The second way to leverage the power of social support is to help somebody else. Studies have found that helping other people actually strengthens your own resilience and reduces your stress. Whether that's doing a favor, a random act of kindness, helping somebody at work or at school, or doing something kind for somebody you love, any offer of help will help you in the moment as well. Hard times are just that. They're hard. They're painful. They feel like they're going to last forever. They can make you feel isolated and alone. But with a little bit of effort, a little bit of practice, we can make them a little bit lighter. We'll never be able to eliminate them, but we can change the way that we face them. 
the way that we go through them, the way that we use them to benefit our future selves so that we can be strong for ourselves and for others. I want to leave you with a request, which is that you recognize the resilience that you've demonstrated so far over the past year of this pandemic. I want you to pause at just one moment this week and really think about how brave and strong, how determined, how resilient you have been throughout this tough, hard, tumultuous year. Give yourself some credit for what you have been able to get through. I am truly amazed by our collective resilience and what we have been able to navigate. And I hope that you allow yourself to feel amazed by yourself too. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.